Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Uh, joining me today is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And uh, today we are talking about a book, not a movie, like the last episode. <laughs> we did an ep- last episode, if you didn't catch it, we did it about Tenet, the uh, uh, movie, movie that came out this year. And we talked about it. And... Uh, yeah, in case you don't want spoilers, maybe you didn't listen to that, you're like, oh, I don't want spoilers about the movie. We said, to sum that up, it's worth watching. It's not a great movie. It's a good movie. It's got lots of interesting stuff in it, but it's also flawed enough that we're not we're not rating it really, really highly. But we are saying it's interesting enough to watch. So yeah. that's our recommendation. Worth watching. Don't think too hard. And... Uh, don't have too high expectations. Let's put it that way. The only times I actually thought about this movie again was Since when uh, we- somebody uh, posted something cryptic on Twitter. Yeah. And then I thought, hmm, they're talking about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they were. And they were, they were yeah. talking about the movie. Yeah. Because um, people people want to talk about it so little because they don't want to spoil it. Uh, yeah. But then you still actually need to talk most, about it. The, the biggest thing that people are saying they are having is confusion. Yeah. Confusion is kind of like Oh, I didn't find it confusing. But then maybe I didn't maybe I didn't understand everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, let's move on to today's episode, which is actually about a book. So, back in maybe September, I reviewed a book called The Horus Heresy. No, I didn't. It was called um it was called Horus Rising, and it was the first book of the Horus Heresy sequence. And it's a military science fiction book. And uh, you're looking at me confused. It's the, it's the Warhammer book. Oh, Warhammer. You, re- you yeah. remember Warhammer? I remember it was a series. I really tried hard to remember what series this was. Yes, it's Horus Heresy is the Warhammer 40,000 or 40K. I think it's just pronounced 40K. Warhammer 40K. Okay. Although this happens 10,000 years before the 40K, so it's actually 30K. So 30,000 years from now, this is all happening. And stuff oh, okay. like that. However, uh-huh. I went into that never having played Warhammer, never having played a Warhammer computer game, never having done like read another Warhammer book of any kind. You just until I, read this one book. I re- no, what I'm saying is I went into it only knowing about Warhammer via osmosis like cultural societal oh, oh, osmosis right. like seeing the seeing like the uh, games workshop yeah um, hearing people talk about yeah, it hearing people talk about yeah. it like knowing generally that it's, uh, it's that it's a thing that it's a thing that it's like tabletop miniatures and things and I had right. these theories of why there's so many books about it yeah. and mainly what I was saying is uh, or what, the one thing that I kind of posited is that it, the the books are the main thing, unlike so many other media things where there's the main story, like with, with movies. There's always yeah. the movie and then there's the book adaptation and then yes. there's the comic book adaptation and then there's the expanded universe or these wider universes that actually provide the characters and the, you know, the intellectual property yeah. And, yeah. and all these other kind of things. Whereas Warhammer, the books are the stories. Like there isn't another thing. Anyway, listener feedback, actually, from Giovanni, who is the person who... Uh, uh, um, recommended the book to me in the first place. Yeah, he said he listened to the podcast. He said you got most of that right. But what one thing I found interesting that he said to me is that um, most things are canon if they appear like in the movies, like Star Wars. The Star Wars canon is in the stuff mm-hmm. that's in the movies is canonical. Yeah, and then they said, oh, this extended universe stuff that's that's not canon anymore. And now we're doing like a new expanded universe, but like based on the di- like there was a Disney cutoff, and now that's mm. canon and stuff yes. like that. So what's considered real? What's considered not real? What's considered like the now the Star Wars legends which are these things which aren't actually now really part of it you know all these books which were like written between the movies but then the movies didn't go in that direction there's a splinter of the mind's eye the, the book that I uh, reviewed on here which is sort of like it was written after Star Wars came out but before Return of the Jedi came out and it was a follow-up to Star Wars in uh, book form but then it was never developed in that way you know yes yes um they didn't they didn't know if um uh, Harrison Ford was going to come back so it was like, like what would be the movie if Harrison Ford wasn't back for the second movie and this is kind of like so there's yeah. lots of these different kind of things now okay. the interesting thing about Warhammer hmm. is that every game that is played yeah. is canon is canon is canonical so if you're playing so a you're wa- not coming up with something no when you do come up with something yeah that is it as becomes... much that is as much part of the Warhammer canon as anything else, and I really enjoy. Mm. I really like okay. that. It's like playing D anD D, and you're yeah. playing you're playing Dungeons and Dragons in some kind of you know whatever world you know Forgotten Realms world, yeah. and the Forgotten Realms has got it. But your story is as canon 
is as canonical as anything that's written in the official um, in the official guidebook to, or the official mission book or anything like that. So I think that's quite an interesting okay, idea. Okay, okay. And because of that, every single outcome of every single battle, kind of you kind of need a battle to reference, or you know, you can play off the different <laughs> lore and know who these characters are. Uh-huh. But I find it interesting is that pretty much every single possible battle is canonical, which means that's why the Horus Heresy book series goes all the way up to book 54 there were 54 so books because, in this series but are these all, writ- all, all written by these different all, people yeah well there's probably about 10 authors they okay. each wrote five books but or whatever so like that. everything that they yeah. write is then all of that's canonical but yeah. also if you play a board game or if you play one of these miniature games in yeah. warhammer yeah. And again, this is just off one person's conversation um, four months ago that I don't remember fully. But like, if you play a game and you play a battle between two armies, Mm -hmm. that has now happened in the Warhammer universe. Oh, oh yeah, that makes sense. You understand what I'm saying there? Like, Like if you treat it like as a thing, this is like in imagination, this is happening. You're adding to the world. Your battles that you have between your miniatures and your friends' miniatures is now part of Warhammer lore. So what these books are, are giving a, um, like an entire possibility of uh, like a possible, um, I don't know, it's like a multiverse, but not really a multiverse because it's all in one universe, but it's all a canonical multiverse of possibilities sort of like ah. every battle that you take place either outcome i win or you win or however many people die yeah. is now part of the the law of of warcraft now, uh, not War, warcraft that's my thing. immediate Warhammer. question is what's that do they then have a big database where everybody puts in what they played? Well, apparently you do that with your own soldiers. Like you actually oh, kind of have you, a progression have a... system. Like your your soldiers or your units oh, actually okay. you keep you can you keep, keep track, track of you can keep track of them what what battles they've done. Okay, and, but it's not uh, like know. everybody's no, no, adding to a. a a Warhammer Wikipedia cool. where everybody keeps track of what they do. But what I like about this is as a writing exercise for science fiction authors or fantasy or whatever you want to call War- <laughs> Warhammer yeah. um, is that there are literally any two combinations of different factions of uh, of like space marines versus demons, space marines versus trolls, space marines versus spiders, space marines versus like any or trolls versus spiders, you know, or whatever it's going to be. Like Everything is it, possible. E- everything is possible. So okay. all of these, all, there, there are all of of these different uh, theaters of war and ideas of war like or places that battles can happen yeah um all of them can be can take place so it seems to me that these uh that these books are sort of like setting up a stage and a battle happens now you don't always get like in the <laughs> books that i've read you don't actually see the battle from like from uh you don't see every battle they there's sort of like these so skips forward in time things happen in yeah in the distance somewhere and it's just mentioned well it's not it's mentioned you skip forward over various battles oh and you say oh three months later they're still on this planet trying to subdue <laughs> these other space marines that's what happens here they can yeah. skip forward in time and go oh and it's been a real slog they've taken they've taken uh you know damage on this side we won some battles they won mm. some other battles they have overwhelming they have overwhelming number of people but we have big better fighters you know yeah. so we're kind of evenly matched up against that and you're like oh right so any of those wars between those two factions fit in this three month period in this book and yeah. you can have as many battles backwards and forwards and yes some of those battles one side will win and some of the battles the other side will win yes um because it's not an entire war an entire campaign and again okay. i am literally still have never read any rules of warhammer or anything <laughs> like that literally going you just off, read the books going off what i've heard on uh podcasts or what i've uh, you know just seen or Right. heard about I don't even know where this comes from and now this book this book is this now the follow up to the book that you previously yes, read yes this is the it's second the, book the, okay oh that's the second thing I want to say the yeah. first thing it was sort of like game mechanics or like world building well, in, in terms of the Warhammer, world stuff, what, in what, yeah, Warhammer yeah. the other thing is I said there's no way I'm continuing on a series which is 54 books long <laughs> unless there's a very clear stopping point I said if they're like the first three books tell a self-contained yeah. story yeah. I'll read that self-contained story I will continue on with book one into book two and book three yeah. and then get to the end of book three and then stop reading and not go any further because then I have a complete unit of entertainment yeah um 
And apparently that's exactly the case. Okay. This, these so first three the books first three books are, are, one... are exactly as I thought. These first three books are a trilogy, a right. stand well not a standalone trilogy, but like they complete an arc. Because okay. the first line yeah. of the first book in of, of Horus Rising yeah. um was I was there where when Warmaster Horus killed the Emperor. And I'm like, Yes. Wow. And I got okay. to the and I got to the oh, end I of the yeah. And at the end there was this this cliffhanger thing. Yeah, and it's like they've not where, gone back where, to the Emperor. Where, Where's the Emperor? Where, we haven't gone back to the Emperor yet. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, oh, and that's why I thought, okay, is that is that going to happen at the end of book 54? Is that going to happen at the end of book three? And okay. back in September when I read the first one, I was like, ah, I got to the end of it. And I'm like, ah, okay, this is probably going to happen at the end of book three rather than the end of book 54. And that's why I thought there might be a trilogy. Okay. It turns out, yes, that's true. Okay. This book begins with, I was there when Warmaster Horus fell. And I'm like, oh, so he's going to fall, but that's probably going to be in this book because he hasn't killed the emperor yet so he needs to do that so, first. so he has to fall first or maybe oh. fall, maybe he's going to maybe that's also referencing so he's going to kill the emperor and then fall or is mm. he going to fall and then come back and mm. then is it going to be sort of like some mm-hmm. uh, jesus kind of thing because there's lots of christ and there's lots and lots of religious imagery and all that kind oh, of stuff in this oh yeah yeah oh, okay. it's full of it's full of, i mean it's all this kind of like gothic um horror kind of, well i'm not sure gothic horror is the kind of not, not gothic horror gothic but horror christ <laughs> no, it, but there's like this is all about like demons and going into hell and defeating defeating chaos and all so that hell kind exists. of stuff. Okay, so the setup is in the first book. Oh, is what's that... the what's the name of this book? Oh, this book. Oh, I, didn't I say it already? This is False Gods. No, you didn't say that. Okay. yet. Okay. The book's false gods. Uh, who, Where are we? Like, yeah, 10, 11 minutes in and got to the end. It got to this. Yeah, second book in this Horus Rising series is false gods. Who now, wrote it? The same guy. I think no, actually, it's a book. different. It's a different person. First person writing is Dan Dan Abnet. Dan Abnet wrote mm-hmm. the first one. The second one is by Graham McNeil. The third one is by Ben Counter, and then James Swallow, and then Graham McNeil again, and then Michael Scanlon, and then the seventh book is Dan Dan Abnet again, and then Ben mm. Counter. You know, so it looks like so it they cycles. yeah they cycle through different right. authors. They each have a stab at this. Okay. Uh, I'll get on to the difference in New writing author. in a bit. Yeah, but same story, same, same characters, same characters, okay. same story. Conti- pretty much a, continu- a straight continuation on okay. that story. Now, in the first book, it's revealed that one of the main things that this this uh, this uh, galaxy-wide campaign uh, that's been going on is to stamp out irrationality, to stamp out religion, to stamp out um, oh, yes, superstition and all yes. that kind of stuff. But then it turns out that that one of the things that are happening in the warp or in the you know when you go into warp drive, you're going through like subspace, yeah. and in there are sort of other powers like mm. the chaos agents of chaos mm-hmm. and they can leak out of there mm. and start influencing the the real world like mm. sort of like our plane of existence but and they're nobody... possessing people was that by possessing pa- pe- by possessing them and giving ha- them ha- extra powers you do remember this we talked about this that's the kind of the opening of the book is yes. when that happens and one of the main war masters or not the war master one of the main uh, f- there's four um, is like these four main guys who are advisors to the Wardmaster, yes. and one of them died, and they're like, "Oh, Loken, you're going to be replacing this guy." And so the story in the first book is Loken coming along. Also, he and... is, he wasn't he like a guy who was like really average and not particularly outstanding. Or no, something? no, he was, he's no, a very, he's... very, very high okay. level one. There was you something might be thinking, to him. Mm. There might be you might be thinking, no, it is he's a very good soldier and he was promoted from commanding like some unit yeah. up to be one of the main four guys like the four the brotherhood who are right at the like the right hand men of um war master horus right and there's loken uh, he's gavriel loken and they've all got their different names you know, yeah. the four different guys doesn't need to go don't need to go into them um and they each have that, their own voices. The, the, it's the Toby Longworth, who's a very good audiobook narrator. He's got some great voices. So as soon as anybody speaks in this, you just know exactly who it is. It's really good. Good performance. So yeah, so what happens in that first one is sort of it's revealed that there is these chaos bleeding through from the warp, warp area, thing. whatever it's called. Yeah. I, don't, I can't remember the exact names. Uh, and it's kind of bleeding through and influencing our world. Yeah. And so the idea of chaos is a big, you know, is a big uh, section part of that discovering that chaos is actually a real thing even though all superstition and religion has been suppressed it turns out there is actually some kind of supernatural things mm. in the world oh, but right. nobody's allowed to talk about it okay. and it's kind of like hidden away okay and then of course there's this paranoia like oh who might be an agent of chaos in this world and then uh. this book is about um horus himself being influenced by these agents of chaos and being Ooh. like uh, like being swayed over to the dark side. If we're going like light side, dark yeah. side, he's being swayed over to swayed over to the dark ha. side. And this is why he kills the emperor. Um, well, 
here's the thing that contributes to the reasons why he <laughs> killed the emperor but what i really like about this mm. is that there is this very very star warsy light side dark side kind of thing mm. is that to be able to get a hook like a dark side hook into somebody you need some kind of um you need some kind of like what a hair a hair mm. what do you mean a hair oh, that, that's like uh like you know when you do some magic you need a hair of the person put it in and no no yeah. i'm saying you need a the, the hook into a person is something bad about them you know like one of the seven deadly seals oh, they already they've got have too to much have pride a, yeah right. the, what is the thing what's their, what's their character failing negative, yeah uh, weakness yeah what's their negative weakness yeah. oh, what's their okay. character failing that's, that's being exploited yeah and, and what is that is uh, then that if you have one of those it can be exploited yeah and so one of the people is exploited by like he was jealous about or he was you know uh hateful against somebody and because he was hateful against that person then this case again this is but weirdly enough what i found really interesting about this book is that i don't know any of this stuff yeah. so it's like reading like for me because i'm not involved like i've never i'm not part of the law i don't know any i don't know the gaming i don't know the law and obviously this character suddenly turn up again in this book i was like oh they were mentioned in the first book and they turn up for like quarter of a scene like four paragraphs and then yeah. just disappear from the book again i was like I bet those guys are really important characters. In like general. In, in no, this... like in another book series somewhere. Oh. Like they just turn up and they go, here's a character moment. And now we're off again. I was like, oh no, those guys were good in the first book. Why do you only turn up? I was like, ah. And They have their other books. And it made are... me think like, oh, in the prequel trilogy, mm. at some point like Chewbacca turns up and they're like, Chewbacca, something, something, something. And you're like, who's that? Like, And if you don't know who Chewbacca mm. is, you're like, who's that guy? I don't know. What's about mm. that guy? Like, <laughs> and it, for me, it felt like there's all of this weight of stuff in the series like everybody reading this knows who the agents of chaos are mm-hmm. they know the law and they know the rules about it and they know this and they know that and i don't know any of it so it feels like this very very lived in world which mm-hmm. i'm sort of like oh i wonder what that is they're like oh i wonder what's going on there you know but like sometimes if if you're well, reading like a a, a a series like that where it's lots of knowledge that uh like it, let's say i don't know one of uh, harry potter or something yeah where um like you would never then explain again why uh harry potter gets um gets sent uh, things via the owl it's just then knowledge no 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 it's But, li- it's like let me say it's like watching for me yeah. and i watched um Uh, fantastic beasts and where to find them and at the end there's a big reveal this person who all along you think was that is this other person everyone's like ooh it's that person yeah. ooh right and it felt really meaningful and it's like oh I've never read the Harry Potter books and I've not seen the, all those movies right. and I don't know who this person is and it was like a big reveal at the end of the book like oh that's meant to mean a lot to me yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess it's Grindelwald or whoever it yeah. is Grindel- Grindelwald Yeah. Yeah. because um, then there's like the crimes of Grindelwald afterwards yes. I have not seen that okay. movie yet but either way Grindelwald is re- revealed at the end of it and I've never heard of him before so it's yeah. sort of like oh it's that dastardly grin of all and i was like who who you know and it's and it felt like all those moments in these like in the even all in the star trek uh kind of things where where suddenly goes what's your name my name is khan and but if you've never seen the wrath of khan yeah and then you see uh, you star know. trek into darkness so, you're just sort of like who khan oh yeah i guess his, I guess his name's khan but there's that, all this yes. dramatic music yeah, and you're yeah, like yeah. Oh, i guess khan. Yeah, okay he's and the bond meaningful. recent bond movie where they're like blofeld and you're like And uh, if you know yeah. who Blofeld is in his own, like, your name is Blofeld, and it's dum-dum-dum-dum. And, and if you've never seen any of the James Bond like, movie, you're like, What, yeah, what's the dum-dum-dum-dum okay. music coming okay, in there? And that's what it feels yeah. like reading this But book. Sorry, my, actually, my point was yes, okay, about yeah. this, is that if, if you are in a series like that, yeah. you're not explaining everything as you go along again you're not saying oh yeah yeah um, exactly this person behaves like that because they just lost their job and whatever like yeah. that so but you you can still follow along like you can yeah. it's like a big big puzzle where it's you don't n- have all the you don't have all the the puzzle pieces but then you just put them no, together and together. You, you get like a an image of a yeah, head that's but it. you can't see that it's meant to be Lincoln. No no here's the thing Whatever. I'm saying that I'm enjoying this book more because I just don't know what's going on oh, like they okay. turn up and they're like mentioning these weapons and I'm like I bet like if you have like if you're playing the game <laughs> and one of your soldiers gets one of those weapons that's amazing and the people who play the game know the stats of that weapon <laughs> and they know the you know these because in the first book they were just sort of like oh soldiers whatever like that and in the, one of the 
first thing that they do in this book is sort of like, all right, now we're doing mech warrior kind of stuff. Mm. So they actually get someone, put them into this big robot, and he gets his brain wired in, and then they go and stomp around on this big planet. Now, if you've played the game, you're like, oh, yeah, of course, we need to know what these uh, these titans are. I, I don't think they are titans, but whatever the name is of these big robot things, yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, titans are going to be yeah. coming down and going to be stamping around. And then, you know, how do you get them down to the planet? Then how do you lift them up the planet? Yeah. And, you know, so this is like, you know, military science fiction porn for <laughs> uh, for the, you know, people reading it. But for me, it's sort of like just really fun, like flavor text on the background. Mm. So I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, they're going to have these big, these big um, titan, titan kind of... Um, uh, kaiju, you know, they're going to fight the kaiju. No, what is it? What's the what's the uh, what's the movie? Transformers. No, not Transformers. No. The um, a Pacific Rim. Oh, you know, Pacific sort of like so. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. you've got this big, you've got this big gribbly thing, like the the human in the machine that yeah. gets wired in. Yeah, and then it's literally the same kind uh, yeah. of thing. So all of that kind of science fiction, you know, Gundam. Actually, I've never seen Gundam, so I don't even know if that's a, a yeah. correct reference. But like big person in a big robot yeah. going in, people in powered exosuits going in, like swords which have chainsaws on them for some reason again i think i can picture that in my head of like knowing knowing what a sword is maybe Um, i'm gonna do a quick google search okay a sword that has a a chainsaw on it warhammer chain sword no sword not chain sword chain how do you spell sword 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 so a warhammer chain sword Chainsword, yeah, look, it's right there. So you already know what a chainsword is if you see... Yeah, it's like a sword with a chainsaw. Okay. Uh, Why the chainsword is a bad weapon. So, of course, people have broken down why this doesn't actually work. But it looks really cool. So it's a a bad weapon. But, yeah, chainsword. Exactly. It doesn't work because you have a a chain that needs to go around something. And then if you have, like, that... Let's let's put all that aside. Let's put all that aside. Hmm. It looks cool on a little miniature. Yes. And it's a and it's a fun it's a sword it's with a fun some weapon. teeth in it. Yeah, that's the reason why when you're playing Doom, the chainsaw, the chainsaw, like there's a reason why people don't use chainsaws as weapons in the real world, but in computer games and board games you can. And now in the book, they're just a lot of like, yeah, fucking chainsaws or chainsaws are a that's thing. A thing. Let's just let's just play with it. Fine. So again, all of that's in there. And again, I think if you knew these from the game, you mm. would have more of an appreciation of like, oh, when they get the chainsaw out, that's oh this special weapon that's mentioned. Mm. Like I kind of get it that like ah, you know. What what this would be if you played the game but mm. because i don't have that it's pure flavor there's no, so, there's nothing but also technical it's, it to it it tickles more your imagination yeah because i don't, you don't know what have i look all like the knowledge. yeah because like, i don't have the knowledge yeah in your head is going pew pew how does it look like pew ah yeah. mm. oh, i have an image and also one of the reasons i use them because what i again what i like about these big mech warrior kind of things yeah. is that they're like oh they go in there and then they just get stuck in the mud don't they like they just get stuck in there and they're fucking getting stuck in there and then no, when they're there no oh wait what? They do? Well, they go to a muddy planet and uh, lots oh, of things get stuck in the mud. And then they're like, oh, and then, and they, but they can't maneuver. They can't go in. The, the enemy's inside that thing and they can't go inside because they're too big. And then you've got to lift them up so they bring down the cranes and start swinging. Oh. And you're like, oh, this is all, this is all the logistic <laughs> stuff, which to be honest, is probably in the game because you get these big mechs and you're like, well, they're just going to step on, they're going to step on my sword. Like, I can't do anything. They're, they're stuck. Like, actually, you think they're going to be the most powerful thing, but actually yeah, what like, you want is a swarm of it's uh, like lizards. You, you, you then uh, take off a cart or whatever and then says... Uh, it's a muddy planet and you decided to yeah. go there with a the Mexican. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, sh- that's literally what happens at the beginning of this book. They're like, all right, let's go there. But because it's been taken over by these like death demons, which are all like worms and stuff, like they re- reanimate becomes, bodies by worms and becomes, everything is muddy. And they're like, it was meant to be like just a normal desert planet. And uh, they get down there and everyone's just stuck in the mud and like wallowing through the mud <laughs> and worms are coming out and killing them. And they're like, fuck, what? This is, this is the cool thing. Oh, one of the things. No, this cool reminds thing. me a bit of what we are watching what? currently. The, um, the the show with Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman. Bo- oh yeah, the long way, the long way down. We watched the long way round. Wa- around we watched. Yeah, was the first one, long way round. Yeah. They go around. They go around from London to New York. Yes. The long way round, and then they go long way down, which is like London down or Scotland down to, to the south of Africa. Yes, or south the South Africa, the Ca- southern Cape tip of town. South Africa. Yeah. And then the other one is that they're starting off in uh, Tierra del Fuego, which is the southern point Ushuaia. of South America, Ushuaia, yeah. and driving up to LA. And it's so, yeah, it's like every single situation that they get into, they're like, 
oh, we drive to thrive through sand. Oh, now we have to drive through mud. And this one is just about cold. It's sort of like, yeah, we're on these electric bikes and they just don't work because of the, the cold. cold. And the cars break down because it's just too cold and everything. Yeah. So yeah, like every any situation. And the, the in, that's the thing that they always have to do in these books because these these Warhammer like space marines, these are star a Stasi or something. They're, they're meant to be so uh, formidable <laughs> and so powerful that they can just kill everyone. Mm. And you realize that, oh, up until now, this entire campaign has just been them sweeping everyone before them. And now they're getting right to the edge into the you know into the more difficult like the last dip more, most difficult battles so even the the biggest um, mightiest soldiers now yeah. come to yeah the they're coming challenges. up against it coming up against challenges oh, okay. but of course they have to put that in the book it's not like oh normally these wars are easy but this one's really hard it's like yeah that's why you're writing about this war in the book because <laughs> all the easy battles which are like the 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 evenly matched battles yeah those you can play on the board game in right. your in your you know against your friend when you've when you've paid your you know, $300 or whatever it is that you need to spend to get all these miniatures and your friends spend $500 on his miniatures or whatever. Yeah, it's a money-making scheme. It's like what? collectible cards. You don't just buy one ca- pack of cards. You buy a pack of cards every month or whatever oh you do with these God. collectible card games. Oh, okay. Like, you don't you don't just buy one Pokemon pack of cards. It's cheaper to just buy a book. What? It's cheaper to just buy a book and well, think or, about it. Or a computer game where you buy it once four years ago and right. are still playing it now. Yeah. Yeah, I guess with this... A computer game works really, really, really well. Yeah, but I'm just saying that, like, you buy a Nintendo. You're not just you. Know, you buy a a, a, a Switch. Yeah. You know, you don't just buy that. You finish Zelda and then you buy Mario Odyssey and then you yeah, finish that and get the next one. So yeah. it is a it is it a is cycle like, that you get onto. And so this Warhammer stuff is also computer game, but there are like, Warhammer computer games. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Which but I, again, like I've a, never played. Like a a package thing where you don't get like War of War War World War. World they, of they, Warcraft. With that one, you pay a subscription. You yes, pay monthly for that. But it's not like that for Warhammer. I honestly don't know. Okay. Um, okay, let me get yeah, into... So reading, me, the, reading the book... What's that? You, you listened to it. Did you, did you get that on the Audible library? No, no, well? I just paid, I just spent an Audible credit on it. And that's Ooh. why Ooh. I enjoyed this book, okay. because I invested in Audible credit. And someone said, oh, you've, you've, been, you've read some rubbish books recently. I'm like, yeah, I'm reading the free ones on like, uh, the ones which... So, so yeah, I should charge, stop doing that. Charge Luke for the book and he will enjoy it. No... Put a price on something and I will invest my time and energy and money into something which I think is going to be worth my time. Do you think you're biased then? No, it, no it, I, it, I did a whole podcast about this like three podcasts ago about reasons why when you say all of this stuff is for free or there's a few things over here, like a hundred things for free over there. Pick one. Is it going to be good? Maybe four books here that you are, you know you need to spend money on, but you really want to get them enough that you're going to mm. spend money on them. Mm. How many of those four are going to be good? They're, I've already pre-selected them rather right. than them being they they haven't been pre-selected for me as a, a selection of free books. Okay, okay, I'm selecting them to put into my to read list of stuff that I know I already want to read. Yeah, except that I need to spend an audible credit on them, so I'm now choosing to spend an audible credit on something that I want to read anyway. Okay, like I say I was really surprised when the first book in this series, Horus Rising, I gave was four stars to. No, it wasn't that it was too bad. It, it's not that it wasn't too bad. You it's, it. it's a really good book. It's like yeah. a like a good book, and I would say it's a good book for being a Warhammer book but i have no expectations of what warhammer <laughs> books are or franchise books or anything like that you don't even like know that. any of the others no i don't know anything you just only so, know this series. however mm-hmm. people said of the hundreds and hundreds like of the 400 novels you can read in the warhammer this this, this these three Take books this one. They, like this book and then yeah. these three books are okay. the best books so again i'm i'm, I'm picking so out the, already, the top uh, books down, uh, up on the cherry yeah so anyway yeah. second book not i would say not quite as good as the first however for mm. for two reasons mm. one is i think dan Abnett writes the characters a bit better mm-hmm. like his his the conversations that he has like a lot of it is sort of like hey these three soldiers who have been friends for years in a room together or these two soldiers who are newly met and they're rivals you know and and this this reporter is talking to this videographer and they're talking to this poet and they're having a conversation about what the war is like at the moment because like half of the book is about the interaction between the press corps which is along with the war like the press reporters yeah, communication is important yeah like that like that well they're, they're historians they're like we're keeping we're keep we need to we're here for posterity we're we're te- gonna tell your story to the in, in 
in the future and we're going to record this in poetry and film and writing and, and okay. art and all that kind of stuff. They have a, a core of artists and reporters and people along with them. And like half of these books are just the interactions yeah. between uh, within their group and between them and the soldiers and things. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so you get these, uh, you get these, uh, this interplay. Dan Avnet just wrote those conversations better than now I'm going to go over and have a look here. Graeme McNeil. Graeme McNeil, perfectly good, fine writer, perfectly fine writer. Benefits a lot of having characters that Dan Abnett wrote in the first Already book. He's just continuing on with the story. Right. Which, again, no problem at all. Very competently done, but there's a little bit of a spark that's missing from like mm. that, that conversational character banter spark, which was there with Dan Abnett, which isn't here. Okay. With... with was there other things Graham that McNeil. you then think that uh, Gray McNeil did better than the other guy? Well, here's the thing. Things that he could do better was that, you know, in the first book, it felt very much like, oh, we're setting up the characters. Okay. We're setting up the situation. And Everything now we're was setting up. And now we're like, fucking mm. just get on with it. And now here there's like battles and intrigue and like, double crossing and people falling out with each other and backstabbing each other and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. that's like, yeah, great. Just, you know, give me all of that. No problem at oh, all. Okay. However, one thing that was set up, and this is what I was saying before about, which was kind of surprised me a bit and kind of disappointed me a bit but I'm not sure how much I'm disappointed by it because I could kind of see where this was going in the first book is that I thought the reason that Horus would kill the Emperor was to do with kind of a bit more reason like a bit more internal reasons to him Oh, okay. If you know what I mean, yes. like his own, his own ambitions, a, his own this and an his agenda, own that. His own he, agenda, yeah. reasons like political reasons, yeah. like oh, he's the, the emperor's weak and can't do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But here's the thing: in this book, the chaos just gets its, it gets its, digs his fingers into him, mm. and then you just sort of like, oh. Oh, so it's just he's just turned to the dark side, and now he's evil. But again, mm. it's not. But it's not ex weirdly enough. It's not explicit, even though that's very clearly what's happening here. Mm -hmm. Because I think people already know if you've if you've read the Warhammer 40k books, this is happening 10,000 years beforehand. You already know by reputation, like this is one of the big events oh, that happened kind of in, the, like in the past. Your yeah. Like the guy turns up again. Oh, yeah. And we know that you did this in the past, like yeah, the, yeah. the kind of the butcher of whatever, whatever, whatever's planet. happening. So yeah. you're going, oh, right. So oh, I thought the end, like it's exactly the same as like the prequel movies with mm. Star Wars or something. You're like, oh, I thought it would be a bit better than <clears> just like Anakin being upset that Padme was like, was he jealous or like what, you know, he hated sand. I don't even remember what the, <laughs> what the reasons were, but like he killed some, he killed the younglings and then Yoda had a fight. You know, it's one of those things where you just go, oh, actually that isn't as, as impressive. But again, I don't know what the outcome of this is in 10,000 years time. Like I've li I literally don't have a clue yeah. why, why the Horus heresy is such a big deal. Yeah. But I was hoping that it was going to be slightly more subtle than, oh, he turns to the dark side. Okay. Even though maybe, maybe there is more to it, you maybe just don't is, know. Maybe yet. there is more to it. Yeah. But again, I was slightly disappointed that it was it was kind of set up that he was going to like the Horus heresy. You knew this was going to like some things were going to happen here. Anyway, yeah. other things that I liked about this was the exploration of religion and symbology and uh, yeah. all these you, you, other you, kinds you really, of things. Yeah, you like that? No, it's very basic, but I like that it's in there. Like the thing okay. is that that's what I'm is saying. It well like, done. It's not well done, but it's there. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's not like, oh, Panda Taloo mentioned something about mythology and like depictions of snakes. And you're like, oh, yeah, lizard, the snake, the lizard, you know, oh, and it comes from this and it comes from that. And, it comes and then they go through all, you know, going through these things. They're like, oh, yeah. And then there was a snake in the Garden of Eden. And there was a snake here. And that symbol means this. But, you know, there's also a snake, which means healing. You know, when there's a staff and there's yeah, a snake around the, it. The pharmacy yeah, thing. Yeah, the pharmacy yeah, thing. Yeah, and there's like yeah. the pharmacy people and they're like oh they're snakes but they're good and then they're like ah but also snakes like garden of eden bad and also snakes good you know so there's a, like you say again not greatly done but a fun discussion about the snake symbology just right in the middle of this like in general though this world is supposed yeah. to be based on our world it's ten thousand years in the future with an influence of lots of technology oh also i like the idea didn't realize at all Sorry. but it's a bit like mm -hmm. dune where they're like oh there's no computers anymore no thinking machines and suddenly in this bit like oh they've got computers and replicators and they're like oh really and then it's kind of like discard and they went oh right oh i guess that's that's probably a whole other series of books <laughs> talking about yeah. like you know the butlerian jihad in yeah. this in this world butlerian jihad like why is everyone going up with swords and guns why don't you just send robots against each other like ah right yeah because it makes sense yeah that's an that's a faction but that we've the, not met yet the with the robot people the religious aspects all still yeah. come from our current world religions um the 
well, here's the thing. If they don't, I don't get the illusions. I'm saying I get the illusions which are based on like uh, on the Abrahamic religions and like mm. Christianity okay. and things like that. Like when you have a blatant like dying and rising God in the story, you're like, oh, dying and rising God. Like there oh, yeah, is Jesus. You, you, Jesus and all of the other dying and rising gods mm. where somebody goes into a cave and then comes out later. You know, Hercules mm. goes down into hell and comes out later. You know, yeah. or, like this is all there. I mean, it's called false gods. Like they're not messing around. Okay. They're not They're not pulling their punches with the, <laughs> you know, with the 2000 year old symbology and mythology references it's in this there, book. No, it's, it's not just in there. It's like, it's blatantly not explicitly but very blatantly referenced yes but again on this broad strokes where you're just sort of like this is really inelegant but you know what this is a 10 hour audiobook i was just about to say for a person that isn't so knowledgeable uh i would say you're knowledgeable in uh, certainly bible studies and these kind of there's literally discussions in the book about the symbology of snakes yes but for a person who is not like that it's probably it's fine it's enough it's enough of no no it's color. fine for me that's what i'm saying oh it's like even I, fine for you I, i'm saying i am enjoy like i'm enjoying that level of pulpy exploration okay. of this kind of stuff like not everything has to be in a level where like if you haven't read the bible all the way through you don't get you don't understand the story properly yeah. it's not that it's sort of like have you heard of a dying and rising god it's like yeah i've seen the matrix i've seen like uh, all of these <laughs> uh, like all yeah. of these other you, you, you lived in our yeah, times we've, now. yeah i've lived in the western <laughs> world like i get the but jesus it's not references like the doomsday book or the uh pavan doomsday book i never Is that not i never bar- read that no, I never read the Doomsday Book by Connie Willis. You didn't? No, I read the first. I, re- I read the first few chapters oh. and gave it like the worst review I've ever oh, given. Oh, you did Okay, I'm sorry. I reminded you of that. I wanted to say about the books that heavily, um, you know, where yeah, yeah, Catholic based priests, based, uh, based on discussions uh, yeah. of religion. Yes, yeah. there are some of those books, but which uh, yeah. not quite like that. No, nothing like that. Yeah. No, nothing like that. Oh, yeah, no, as Which is fine because it's it's really about pa- space marines cutting lizards in half <laughs> with chainsaws. And in the middle, they have discussions why snakes are good or bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, it's not bad. Like it's well done. Like okay. it flows. Like there's never a moment in this book where you're like, "Ah, oh, I wish they would get on with the action." Okay. Like it's no, it's just it's how the, chunky it's, is it? How long it's like is a it? Ten hour audiobook. Ten hours, I guess. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so maybe. If- all right. I don't really have very much else to say about this book except good audiobook oh, performance. Oh, oh yeah, carry on. Does it have a cliffhanger again? Uh, not well. No, I wouldn't say a cliffhanger. It's definitely a, a middle bo- middle story of a trilogy where to you get continued. to the end. You're like, oh, should we continue? Like, right, yeah. let's start wrapping this up. Let's start wrapping this up. Yeah. Um. So I think the third book is yeah, like Horus is going to go kill the emperor. Like, I mean, they say at the start of the of the first book. Oh, he in hasn't the trilogy. done yet. In no, this he hasn't book. done it. No, no. This was a book about. I was there when Horus fell, and guess what? Guess what happened to Horus a bit later? Okay. So the the very no, no, first. No, no. I'm literally asking you a question. I was there when Horus fell. Yeah. What happened a bit later after Horus fell? He, he killed the emperor. No, no, that's what? not happening in this book. In this book is the middle book. So this, I was there when Horus fell. What did Horus do a few chapters later? He fell. No, he fell, and then after fell, after he, he fell, he comes up again. Yeah, he rose. He rises. He ri- <laughs> oh, yes, of do course. You, do you understand? Yeah. Like, like it, the, this is this is the book. Like, this Horus is the middle. Rises. This is the this is the book where where Hercules goes to hell and comes back out again. This oh, is where Horus. This is where Horus does his Christ dying and rising again kind of thing. I see. And kicking off a new religion. And so the very first sentence in the very first book. It hasn't happened yet. He hasn't okay. killed the emperor yet. Right. But in the, but the first sentence. So but he anyway, has he has fallen, and in this book, risen. Yeah. And I I don't even think I'm giving any book. spoilers to say that like false gods is a is a is a dying and a dying and rising savior with like big square co- mm-hmm. squote, co- quotes there as yeah. savior. Yeah. No, but why? I, I again, there's there's loads of loads and of good fun stuff. This, in this is book. written from the point of view of Horus. No, this is written from the point of view of Loken, who oh. is the guy in the first book yes. who was elevated up to be one of the four Mordeval Mordevals the advisors. The, yeah, the four brothers. Advisors br- yeah, to, to the emperor. Emperor and and, and Horus. And, is a 
he's a he's the a war, war master. Um, so, war master. Okay, so if we're thinking like Roman times, the yeah. emperor back yeah. in Rome, yes. who does he send out? Like the emperor doesn't. Is, although Mark, in Gladiator, there's Marcus Aurelius yes. who's out there. But mm. when Marcus Aurelius isn't out there, there's whoever the main war master yeah, is. Like the, the in city, this, the city people. What's what's their name? What's that? The like, city people. Yeah, like the the people who the governors of the Yeah, no, but the warmaster is the person who's command who's who's like the commander of the armies. Yeah. Like not he's not doing it's like the like the emperor is the top civilian guy, mm. and then you have the warmaster who is like the head of the army, and right. then under him is sort of like lots of different battalions that are going out at different uh, different groups and right. the, regiments. Yeah. It's like it's like the admirals, you know, each admiral has their own like fleet of, of uh, oh, no, yeah, like but yeah. like in the if it's a navy, all Admirals have their own groups, yes. but then you have like the like the the top admiral. Who yeah. who are the top? I don't even know. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the um, different levels of not admiral. Who's the one above the ab- fleet commander? I don't know what it right, is. Yeah, like yeah. whoever, whoever commander. He's he's the one. He's one above all of the other primarchs. Like right. He's the, he's above the other primarchs. He's yeah. the war master. So he coordinates. Above the primarchs. Yeah, he's uh, more than the one army. Yeah, he can yeah. he can call other people and say, actually, you're doing this now. You come and help me, right. even though he is leading people into battle. Yeah, he's like super high. But here's the thing. You know, crossing the Rubicon. There's that whole the you know the crossing of the Rubicon. If you lead a if you lead a you can't lead a an army into Rome. You know, mm. there's the the river outside of Rome, the Rubicon. And crossing that means if you cross that, there's no going back. Mm. You're you're there to kill the that's emperor it. and take you, their place. Yes, that's that that's that. So he's out there in the field. The emperor's back home, and he this this book is pretty much set. Though this trilogy is about why is he out in the out in the world doing this commanding? Why is he going to go back and kill the and emperor. this Loken guy how does he have this knowledge what of what like, knowledge he, like if if we are like the way he's that there. I, like the story is just happening around him he's, oh, he's, it, he's being influenced by the story he's he's, he's around one, where horrors is yeah he's he's like one of the he's like one of the four people who hang out with the the war master and advise oh. him all the time oh he hangs out with the war master yeah, not like, with the emperor no not with the emperor no oh i got that he's, wrong he's one of the he's with the war masters oh, I see. he's horus is um, one of his advisors oh, okay. again at the start okay. of this I, book I they're like that. oh he's not I talking to us very much anyway yeah. is he like oh why is he okay why is he not talking to us very much you know he's doing his own thing yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's okay. the book. That's the book. I've I've, I've reviewed the book. What, what start? What's the rating? The rating? Mm. Oh, I hadn't really thought. Not as good as the first book in the series, but okay. still for me, totally. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Three. But here's the thing. Now because of this, I'm like, ah, oh, not as good as the first book, but I still really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking, oh, maybe I should have rated the first book higher. But then, like, hmm. maybe I just didn't rate it as high because I had low expectations, and I was like, oh, well, it beat my expectations. But my expectations were this is like a two and a half book, and it was much better than that. So I gave that four stars. No, I didn't. I didn't give this three and a half stars. Totally. Okay. Perfectly serviceable, above average book. And when I say above average, I'm kind of, com- I don't want to compare it to all books, mm. but like of the science fiction book review podcast, mm. the average score is about three and a half because I generally read books that I know I'm going to enjoy that suit yes. me. Yes. And if average is two and a half, I'm normally reading book, my average is three and a half. But So yeah. that means an average book that Luke enjoys is, is a three, three and, and a half, half book. It's three and a half stars. And now, this is an average book that I enjoyed. One more question. When yeah. was this written? When this, is, what is the, what is the... Uh, this was written in 2006. Okay. Yeah. Is it very 2000, 2000-ish I don't writing. know. It's Warhammer book. I just it's don't know. So, like it's, it's so it, out, def- it's, dif- different. Yeah, it's The writing, the language anything. is so... Yeah. Okay. It's separate from anything. Like again, the writing is good, the characters are good, the storytelling is good, the world building is very interesting because again they're playing in a space which everything to me is new. Like oh, mechs and chainsaws nah. and all this other kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, oh great, uh, like that. So <laughs> yeah. the world building is a real strength for me, and even just things that are like thrown away and mentioned. But okay. then like, again, the things that I didn't enjoy. Well, it's not the things that I didn't enjoy. Like. Overall, I think the story is weaker. The first one had the benefit of introducing me to people. Mm. And here, I didn't feel like there was a huge amount of progress in a lot of characters. No, they were already... Uh, yeah, they were already established. And so, yeah. And the, and, the, and the story itself was a bit more straight down the middle than I wanted it to be. You know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a bit more, it's a bit, it was a bit more simplistic than the first book seemed to have been setting up. Yes. However, again, it is a middle book in a trilogy. It romps along. Okay. Um, the the battle scenes aren't that interesting, but the techno like the stuff that's mentioned around the battles, 
Like it's it's the thing. Change It's the thing with like in Tolkien swords. with the with the war, the war of the, no the Battle of the Five Armies or whatever it was. You know. Yeah. In the in the in movies, it took like an entire movie. Yeah. An entire most of a movie to do that battle, and in the book. Um, Bilbo Baggins gets bumped on the head and gets knocked out and then they skip forward it and then he wakes up and the battle's finished and you're like, oh, right, that's actually, that's kind of what this feels like uh-huh. because they do all of the setup, they get all the prepared, they get out the mechs, they get out this kind of stuff, get out that. And then the battle itself is sort of like, oh, yeah, they swung the swords around a lot and these other waves came on. And then it's the fallout, like, what does that mean? And then you're like, oh, right, this is where the story happens. Like, the yeah. battle's weirdly enough for Warhammer. The battles aren't the most interesting part. Yeah, because that's what you then actually play out with the figures. And also, with it's your just friends. not very interesting. Like, battles, like, large-scale infantry battles is really difficult. You can tell micro-stories like, this person did that, and that person did this. But the main characters, you know they're not going to die. And so it's sort of like, oh, this person swung a sword and chopped through these, and loads of other people were dying, but our main character just, he was like sailing through, and you're like, yeah, no shit. He's sailing through it. So, again, not always always the most tension in the battles. But, you know, the politics and the intrigue and all the other stuff that goes around. Mm. Again, I I just want to mention as well, I really enjoy the, the dynamic, and this is where a lot of the plot comes from as well, is the dynamic between the the artists and historians and um you poets. know uh, what's that poets yep yeah, there's a poet one of the main characters in this book is a poet mm-hmm. like what the poet is doing becomes like a main driving factor of the story like what's happening in the book and okay. how the main characters are interacting is based on what the poet does and what the painter does <laughs> and what the storyteller does and what the novelist does nice. and what the reporter does and okay. what the imager does and yeah. th- what those characters are doing is actually influencing what's going on in the wider in in this wider you know heresy this wider battle this wider world building kind of thing now i have a and question and it What's feels that? like we're all like at the end of the th- of the the podcast here yeah but yeah i've already r- rated it are there Three women yeah that's what, yeah there are, of course yeah. yeah some of the main characters are women huh. because they the, none of the soldiers are women but the like i say these reporters and and uh, writers and things they that's where they can get women and that's why i mentioned that it was so weird when i started listening to the audiobook version that was on um on someone had posted the audiobook version to youtube right and it was an abridged version <laughs> and they just chopped out all of that and they're like oh yeah Logan guy he's going into battle and then he goes into battle and then he goes and i was like what's a, this this doesn't make sense and then when i actually went and, and it's like, oh there's like there's loads of other characters in here and right. that was like the more like the the cultural stuff like the cultural okay. attache um to the women these... are for the culture the man yeah. are for the battle no there's also there's also the, the poet is a man but then i think yeah the poet's a man and then all of the other people are all of the other the writers the images and the other people are they're all women so mm. uh, so yeah there is a, a fun interplay there okay so you, you can get a, a a bit of interplay so yeah female characters do exist in in warhammer <laughs> uh, at least in this series um good and again, I don't think they're just sort of like shoehorned in in that way because it is a classic trope of the the wartime reporter being a woman. Mm. You know, like in all of these movies, mm. that you it's like the it's like the opportunity to get a woman into a movie is for them to be <laughs> like the Vietnam the plucky Vietnam reporter is always like a woman out the front of the you know yeah. in front of the camera yeah and with the goon with on the camera and the camera guy and things like that. It's yeah. that's the main thing. I think even in. Uh, even in even in things like Apocalypse Now, I think there's the the, the reporter character is a, there's a woman reporter character there. Okay, I haven't, I haven't anyway, seen that one. maybe that's maybe I'm thinking of a different movie, but yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. All okay. right, that's it. Let's wrap it up there. I'm going to cool. go over to uh, we, uh, not Wikipedia over here to um, uh, Goodreads, Goodreads, and I'm going to see my friends' reviews of this book. See what your friends thought of this book. Please sign up. Oh, I'm not signed in. Ah, oh. I'm not signed in. I was what like, what is this preparation? Well, I was like, yeah, I didn't prepare. I no, was like, why? That's it. Why you didn't? I'm sure some of my friends you, must have you, read this. You book. went into the office, said you yeah. set this up. It takes ten minutes, and then it took half an hour. Oh, and then I was, the 10 I was posting started. some juggling videos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Alan Dewitt rated this three star. The second volume in the Horus Heresy is a series numbering twelve or fifteen volumes, but he wrote that in 2012, hmm. and now there's actually fifty three. He says, the main selling of this book is the military science fire that the writing chores are handled by different authors. Oh, I'm not going to read that full thing. Uh, anyway, he gave it three stars. Ned Leffingwell gave it four stars. Um, uh... This series is very enjoyable and has been drawing me in. It presents the Imperium at its zenith, primed for its downfall. Um, it actually makes sense how the Imperium turned into a huge crap show where everything sucks at, and everyone fights all the time. Props to the author for including the words grim darkness in the book. Yeah, so again, I don't know what the Imperium is like in the 40k time. Right. Because 
I don't know we anything don't know about her. that. Yeah. So this this is the Horus Heresy is the thing that set the downfall of this empire down so everyone's fighting oh. all the time. I'm at the time where these space marines uh, don't fight oh. each other. Yeah. And it's un, it's unthinkable that they're ever going to raise the fist or hand or sword or gun to anybody who is with them. You know, it's like it's unthinkable. But of course, if you know the 40K, like the actual main you know, story, know the this is backstory. I, yeah. For me, it's not backstory. Yeah. yeah and then uh, lots of people rated it five stars, four stars, and art rated it two stars. So yeah, generally... Uh, um, around, I'd say, an average of four or three point seven three average of this book on yeah. friends reviews. So, uh, yeah. If you give it three point five, that's yeah, absolutely about in the right. Margin. It is yeah. about right. Actually, let me quickly go, go back and have a look at Horus Rising. What were my what were my friends uh, reviews there? Friends friend review average for Horus Rising was it's loading, it's loading four point nine four, and I gave it. Four stars. Four. Yeah. Yes. So we're. Um, a, I'm tracking. I'm tracking with yeah. the listeners. Yes. With the SFBRP listeners on Goodreads. Yes. That's good. Um, that's it. Next book? Mm, don't know. Maybe don't the know third yet. book of this? No, I don't okay. know. I started. The book that I'm now reading to fall asleep to is I Am Legend. Okay. By, what's his name? Matheson? Something Matheson? I don't know. Anyway, so I, I started listening to that again last night. Yeah. And the, the, you uh, haven't it, read that yet? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've, okay. I've read it like I twice before. It's yeah. really good. Uh, and it, it, but it was just a book that I had. It I just, was right there. I so, was in my Audible library. Yeah. I just scrolled back through and kind of picked a book, which I thought would be good to make me fall asleep. Yeah. But I will actually pick a, pick a book that I do actually want to read. Okay. I'm actually looking for suggestions, really. I am really, I'm struggling for book suggestions at the moment. Okay. Um, I'm just looking back through audiobooks and to read lists and all these other kind of stuff that I, that I want to get to. So I just want to do a call out to SFBRP listeners, please get onto the Goodreads um, group, uh, science fiction SFBRP listener group on Goodreads, and there's a thread called Books I Would Like to See Reviews. Pretty much if you drop a book in there, book recommendation, I, I'll probably get to it. Luke because is I'm starving I'm, for books. I'm, 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 I, I need these recommendations. I'm actually um, uh, 50% now into Places in the Darkness. Yeah. And I also got myself a book, which I, while looking for Places in the Darkness on iBooks. Oh yeah, what's that? I've found one which I somehow read the blurb or something and thought that sounded quite interesting is Velocity Weapon by Megan E. O'Keefe. Okay, never heard of it. Check it out, baby. Okay, did, wait. Did anyway, you... I bought it, so uh, it's in my library to, to read next. Oh, okay, cool. We'll maybe get to it. I'm just going to quickly look up the latest book that was... Uh, 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 Wow, nobody's. This is the thing. Nobody's put a a, a good suggestion into uh, into the SFBRP listener group for books I would like to see reviewed thread. No. The last, yeah, the last thing is someone I put in a vote for Aftershocks, which is by the German author Mario Kloos. Um and uh, yeah, okay. might get to it. Two 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 or three people have recommended it to me. Um, but well, yeah, I I've pretty much got to the end of the the recommendations in in that. Um, okay. Well, that's cool. Of the ones that really uh, <laughs> catch me. Oh, I noticed that Yoon Ha Lee's latest, The Phoenix Extravagant, is out in a few days' time. Plan to read that. Let's have a quick look on that. When did this book come out? And uh, oh, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll uh, check out that. Huh. Yoon Ha Lee, Dragon's Art Revolution. So yeah, this looks like a fantasy book of some kind. Okay, you uh, check that out. So maybe I'll do it. Jebby is a non-binary artist hired by the Ministry of Armour to paint magical sigils into masks for the conquering government's automata. Yeah, I mean... Sounds like your... Yeah, give it to me. I'll, yeah. I'll maybe get... I'll, maybe I'll check that one out. <laughs> Sounds sounds about right for me. Yeah. I'll, I'll do, cool. so I'll do Magical Dragons. I'll do a Magical ne Dragons ne next book. Next book's sorted out. Yep. That's cool. All right. Then, that's it. Yeah. Anything else oh, to say? I just want to say thank you very much to all our Patreon supporters oh, this oh, year. Yes. Um, yeah, if absolutely. you would love to support, if you would, if you love the podcast, or you even like, if you mildly enjoy the podcast this year, <laughs> and you would like to support me and Juliana in our ongoing, you know, uh, <laughs> life, yeah. uh, Patreon has been really <laughs> handy this this past year. Yes. We head over to patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. Again, most of the projects that I've worked on there are juggling projects, but also SFBRP listeners have been contributing as well. And it's a real help, a real benefit. I'm going to think of some more um, uh, benefits. There's this idea that I hear other people talking about on podcasts, which is a Discord channel where people can hang out and chat. Like it's With like you? a chat. Yeah, yeah. chat and voice chat and stuff like that. Yeah. So I might make a Discord channel and if you become a patreon supporter um i might make some there's some like different roles that you can have in there like yeah titles you or can access e to... there's there's different things you can do so yeah. like um oh. so so i might do something like that, that maybe fun maybe who knows i'll come to think of something but anyway i just well, want to say if, if people thank would you to... actually want to yeah. do that i yeah. don't know so i just want to say thank you very much to the people 
who have supported us. And thank if you, you are one of those people, thank you very much. Thank you so much. And uh, yes, uh, that's it for me. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.